When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everybody and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Borgay and Espo and gentlemen, a big day for the Phoenix Suns and Mercury organizations, uh, new owner, was welcomed today at an introductory press conference down at the Footprint Center. We were all there. Mm-hmm. Got to meet Matt Ishbia and talk with him about his philosophy, his thoughts on these organizations, and, of course, the trade deadline that is just around the corner. Uh, initial thoughts from you guys. What stuck out the most from that press conference? Uh, you know, from a personal perspective, it felt like for the first time in a long time you could comfortably – walk back into that building as a as a former employee and and feel comfortable with it uh there felt like in some of the employees i i talked to kind of a a, a sense of relief a sense of of a new uh mm-hmm. start a fresh start which which is good these people deserve that and there's an excitement i had more than one person come up to me and say i've been working with you know people in his organization and been around him the last week or two and he he feels like the real deal that that means a lot more to me than you know articles that have uh, have profiled him uh, over the last couple of weeks because uh, you know we know we know that there's there's an angle to those that those were planted to try to you know make things feel feel upbeat in a lot of cases but when you hear those employees that have been through it go this feels different that means a, a lot to me. Look, the, the press conference uh, went, went fine. He said the things that you wanted to hear. He hit mm-hmm. the talking points about this is about family. This isn't about money. This is about uh, you know winning and build, being the best franchise on and off the court and that we're stewards of this franchise. We're not owners. We're just here uh, basically holding something that belongs to this community. All things we've said through this process we want – now they've been said by a new ownership. Now it's to live up to it. And I you know, talked with Matt and, and Justin Ishpia on the side. Both were very nice, uh, you know. But now, now it's time to live up to the expectation that you've set. Mm-hmm. And, and once they do that for a while, then we can say yes, this is different. But this is the right start. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, he, you said it, he said all the right things. Now it's a matter of backing up what he's been saying with his actions. And, um, he was very energetic. He was very, so much energy, <laughs> so much energy. <laughs> Lindsay in the, that early in the morning was not ready for it, but and neither <laughs> was like, I, to be honest. What you're having, <laughs> neither was sir. I, to be honest, but, um, no, it's good to see an owner that is excited to be here. That is, you know, not going to be fully transparent, but is going to be more, um, public facing. And, you know, he's talking about wanting to be part of the community, wanting to get out there and be engaged. Um, and, and based on everything we've heard about the way he runs his business in Michigan, he's a very hands-on guy. So I, I don't know how that's going to work as far as his business being in Michigan and his NBA franchises being here, uh, NBA and WNBA, but he does seem like the type that's going to be very hands-on, that's going to be very involved. Um, and, and he, like I said, he said all the right things in terms of getting people to buy in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, we, we could talk about what he does as an owner at the trade deadline, luxury tax stuff, all this other things. Um, but the base level is that people are excited that it's not Robert Sarver. It's a very low bar to clear. Um, but as long as he treats employees with respect like he has been known to do at his own business, hopefully that will be something that is an automatic improvement just from the last guy alone. Now, I will say this. He did make it a point to thank everybody on the staff that put together mm-hmm. the press conference. I don't know that I remember ever hearing that in that kind of a, a setting before. I know it's a small thing. It could be a platitude, but I thought, hey, mm-hmm. at least that was uh, that was done. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think there will be a learning experience for him on – how to manage this from afar Mm -hmm. uh, and still find a way to be hands-on. But I did like one thing that he said, that he's going to take the time over the next 30, 60, 90 days, whatever the time frame may be, to get to know the business before making the decisions, right? Talk Mm -hmm. to people, talk to past employees even said, and understand things. I like the mindset because it'd be real easy to just come in and go, everybody, we're going to be making wholesale changes, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that he's going to run this with the right kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. He said all the right things. Now all we can hope for is that he does all the right things. Like he said, um, I do appreciate his four pillars of focus for mm-hmm. this, uh, these organizations. And of course the first one being culture within the second one being fan base and community and the experiences of the fans. Um, what was our community was the third one. The second yeah. one was the fan experience. Community was the third one. And then the fourth one, of course, being winning. Win. We yeah. love that. Win, win, love win, that. win, win. It was really odd when he did that on stage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, a fan of the show. You know, he, he said family though, right? And a lot of times that's lip service. Mm. But I found it interesting. I, I was talking with Justin Ishby off to the side, his brother, who's, uh, who's part owner, and he started talking about his mom and saying, hey, you know, she's a school teacher. Uh, you know, that was such a big influence. And then he goes, actually, you know what, Greg? And he calls over his parents to introduce his parents to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's different. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get you could talk about family, but he went out of the way to like proudly introduce his parents and his mom and, uh, in particular. And I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. That does show somebody that takes great pride in, in his family to introduce him to some guy he had briefly met online before today. Like that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we shall see, but so far things are looking good over in, 
uh, Suns and Mercury world and fingers crossed things happen at the trade deadline. Uh, Gerald, did you talk? So Gerald had a one-on-one with Matt Ishbia. We are going to watch that first, but did you talk about that during the one-on-one? The trade deadline? We did. We okay. brought it up briefly, and, and he said kind of similar things to what he's been saying as far as we're going to be aggressive. We feel like we have a very good team that can compete for a title now, um, but they are going to pursue all avenues. And this is something James Jones has said a lot, too, as far as leaving no stone unturned, pursuing all avenues. Um, so there, there was a lot of good stuff that we touched on in the one-on-one. I did see a tinfoil hat theory to come out uh, today. They Mm -hmm. gave Matt Ishbia the number 23. Does that mean Cam Johnson is gone? (laughs) It's the year that he took over the franchise, everybody. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's watch Gerald's uh, one-on-one with Matt Ishbia, and then we'll talk about that. But first, make sure you guys grab a nice cold Four Peaks beer to enjoy while you're watching this one-on-one that Gerald had with uh, Suns owner Matt Ishbia. If you haven't picked up Four Peaks beer yet, you don't have it at your refrigerator in your home or if your office is cool like ours and lets you drink at work, maybe you should pick some up. Also, make sure you grab some before the big game because Four Peaks beer and sports literally go hand in hand. You can't enjoy one without the other properly. They go can in hand. Oh, (laughs) wow. Look at you go. Also, if you haven't had the chance to try Arizona's number one wheat ale in Wow Wheat, then make sure you head on down to Old Town Boondocks for the Tailgate Time Machine Party this Saturday, February 11th. Try Four Peaks' newest innovation. It's packed full of Arizona citrus flavor, and it is perfect for light drinking in the desert sun. Uh, Just a reminder, though, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. All right, let's listen. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate having you here. Uh, First question, obviously, a lot of the rumors that you even mentioned in the press conference as far as names that are being tossed about. You know, we've heard Mateen Cleaves and Steve Nash and uh, questions about what Justin's role is kind of going to be. So I was curious, any of those rumors you'd like to squash or address at this point in time? Yeah, there's really, you know, the problem is like there's so many people talking about it. So I, I'm very well connected in the basketball world. So that's first. And so people are going to tie me to a lot of different names. And the way I tell people is like, I'm, you're going to find out I'm quite transparent and honest with things. If I want to hire someone, I think someone's a good fit. I'll let you guys know. The reality is right now I'm coming in and listening and learning. Like I don't plan on making any changes between now and in this season and understanding like what we have, learning, meeting people, find out what people's strengths and weaknesses are. What do we need to change? And so there's no, there's no person, there's no group, there's no, I don't know what people are asking or thinking, but the reality is when you call me and ask me, I'll tell you what's going on and I'll tell you what I think and I'll tell you it with conviction because if I decide to make a hire of anybody, or uh, make a change with anybody, it's going to be with conviction. Absolutely. And as far as the listening and learning process, obviously the leadership that's in place with James Jones and Monty, I know you've only been here for a day or so, but have you been able to talk with them at all? And what have kind of your impressions been of them so far? Yeah. I mean, both great guys, both played in the game, in the league before, so they understand the game really well. Um, you know, I've spent more time with James and with Monty. Monty's been obviously with the team and mm-hmm. got a chance to meet him a couple different times, but not really sat down and talked philosophy and understand things. But, you know, those guys are experts. They, they know what they're doing with it. My job is to give them all the support, give them all the resources to be successful. And, and uh, I think, like I've told many people, I think our team and our setup and what we have right now is extremely, extremely uh, successful. And can we make it more successful? Absolutely, right? There's, 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 there's a measurement of that. But how do we do that? And when do we do that? And what's the play? Those are things that I have to discuss with them and figure out what the best play is for us to go forward with. 
Speaking to that, you mentioned the Suns are kind of the elite franchise. You want them to be the elite franchise, and they were, you know, it, it wasn't just this franchise is available. It was, oh, wow, this franchise is available. So what for you about the Suns and the Mercury made them stand out in that way? Well, first off, it's the community. The Phoenix community is, is amazing, all right? You know, people want to talk about the weather. The weather's amazing, too, but that's not what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. The way people are, they're they're. they're they love the Suns, right? They love the right. They love the Mercury. They, they want to be in. They basketball fans, and so to go to a town that loves, loves, loves basketball in amazing weather with a structure that's already set up. For, like, these teams don't come up for sale, and this is like it's like this is the one. I can't believe it's, it's available. And like so, right away, day one, it was like that's the target. How do we do that? Like we are not losing out. Isn't it? If we have to pay more than everyone else, if we have to build relationships, we have to figure out what it, it takes. What it takes. We're going to make sure we can be come out here and, and be the next owner of the Suns and Mercury and, and do right by the community with it. Obviously, you're coming in day before the trade deadline. That's what everybody's wondering about, how that works. Just what have those conversations with James been like? I know you've been talking about being aggressive. And how does that kind of dynamic shake out as far as the communication you two have? Yeah, so, you know, great communication. The first thing is, like I said, I think our team's in a great position. I think we got a great team, got a competitive team. When we're healthy, I don't know if, there's a better team in the West than us, right? And I, I really believe that. Now, can we improve our probability? Can we make things better? Absolutely. And being aggressive means that you know, we're going to look at everything. And I do look at everything. But at the same time, we're going to only make the right choices that help us win short-term and long-term. And if we're going to make a, a short-term decision, it better not be uh, the wrong thing. And so we're really making sure we look at everything. But uh, I feel great. I mean, we got some of the best players in the league on our team. We've got young players. We've got veterans. we got, we got a bet. Like we, 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 we're really in a great position. I don't know if people in Phoenix realize how great it is. I know our, our record last year was a lot better than it is this year, but there's been a lot of injuries. Like, I love our team. As far as the fan experience and the team member experience, I know that what happened before you, you can't really answer for those things. But as far as the message that you want to broadcast, as far as Suns fans that – are a little jaded by that whole investigation and that whole experience. I know that you like to run your business like a team and that family values are important to you. So what, what would kind of your message be to those fans that are waiting to see how the next ownership group comes in and handles it? Yeah, well, what they're going to have to realize is like, you know, we're going forward. We're looking forward 100% of the way. Um, what's happened in the past, I can't control. Unfortunately, I can't change uh, the good or the bad, but I can control the future as the steward of this organization and doing the right thing. And so we're going to focus on the team member experience, the culture. We're going to dominate the fan experience, make sure fans love every aspect of it, eat, win or lose, right? <laughs> community involvement. We're going to do great things that can be. And at the same time, winning. Winning in everything we do. And winning, you know, makes things a lot better. But we're going to focus on all four of those things in every detail. And that's what we're going to focus on. I know you've only been here, obviously, a day or whatever. And your goal is to listen and learn. But as far as things that you look for to improve um, like maybe having a G League team again, things of that nature. Is there anything that comes to mind and, and your thoughts on maybe having a G League team again for this franchise? Yeah, you know, I'm big on player development. You know, mm-hmm. getting people, like I said, if you're at the press conference, I said, you know, get great people to join your team, train them and coach me the best version of themselves, which means getting them better every day and then treat them so well they never want to leave. Mm-hmm. And so um, having a G League team seems to make a lot of sense. And I think that that's something we're going to look at very closely and uh, plan on doing, uh, to be honest with you. And so I don't know how that process is, what the time frame is and how to do it, but we are going to have one um, because that's the right thing to do to develop talent, to be able to build it. And we got to make it so it's close to Phoenix. So therefore we can send players up and down. So I think there's a lot of things you know, I've seen a lot of teams do it really well with their G League team. And, and I think we're going to emulate that and hopefully make it even better. Sure. And then on the Mercury side of things, obviously 
big WNBA free agency period of lots of news and all that stuff. And there's been a lot of talk as far as the chartered flights and that issue in the league. Just what are your thoughts on the direction of the Mercury and would chartered flights in the league be something that you might be interested in as a new WNBA owner? Yeah, so I'm very excited about the direction of Mercury. We got the greatest of all time on our team, Diana Taurasi, mm-hmm. and you know, we got, we've got a great team. I'm not going to go through name all the players. We've got a great team, Brittany, we've got everyone there. And so I feel good about where we're at, and at the same time, can we get better? Absolutely. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to dig in and figure out how we make improvements in every aspect of it. On the charter, charter plane situation, like the way I look at it is I, I got to dig in and get more knowledge on it. Sure. Um, like I talked about the press conference, knowledge creates confidence, and confidence will create success and conviction around it. And so I'm going to dig in and figure out what I can do, how that applies, all the details, which I don't have all of them yet um, as it's day one of the job. But uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be looking into every way to make the Mercury, the elite franchise, just like the Suns, I'm, I'm all in. Obviously, Devin Booker is the big the big attraction, the face of the franchise type deal. What are your thoughts of him from afar and watching his growth in the league and, and where he is now as kind of that Suns figurehead? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, huge Devin Booker fan. Um, you know, I think he's got, you know, all the things besides on the court, you know, great shooter and athleticism and like all the things you want to talk about on the court, but I think he's even a better person off the court. And so that's the kind of people we want to build around and be around for a long time. And so I'm so, I mean, how lucky am I coming in here? I got Devin Booker on my team, you know, I, got, I mean, I got Chris Paul. We got, I mean, we got players. I'm not going to name them all once again, because I, I'm going to, but there, we got players and what Devin Booker specifically, which is what your question was like, man, he's a great, 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 great player and a great, great, great person. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to be around. Awesome. And just last question, how, what are your kind of impressions of the city of Phoenix so far? Obviously, you mentioned the weather, but what are your impressions of the city? And have you found a favorite food spot yet? <laughs> Not a favorite food spot yet, you know, because I've been basically just fast food eating <laughs> in the hotel because I've been working out here. But, uh, you know, from a perspective of the city, people are welcoming. You know, now I know that I'm the owner and the sons and Mercury in their view. But before that, before anyone knew who I was, like welcoming, friendly, kind, it's a great place. I'm excited to make an impact in the community. I'm excited to meet people, be engaged, be involved. And uh, it's an honor that I get a chance to do that. Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you would like to broadcast to the fans or you would want Suns fans to know about you? Well, I'm just honored. Like I said, I, I, I really believe that it's a community asset and I work for you guys and I'm going to do my very best and just know that I will work harder than any other owner to do the right thing, short-term, long-term, and always for these organizations. And uh, it's going to start with culture, start with, uh, you know, from team member, fan experience, community, and focus on winning. And uh, we're starting today. Let's yeah. go. Awesome. We'll have to have you on the podcast sometime. Let me know when. <laughs> Good Did job, Daryl. Tomorrow, <laughs> right? Tomorrow, <laughs> right after the trade deadline, three p.m. Come on you over. Bring James with you. Why not? Yeah. We're just <laughs> down the street. You may as well just pop on by. Yeah, you're not busy, are you? So, so I think the most interesting thing, the G League question mm-hmm. that came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he is obviously he was saying I don't know what the timeline f- is for it. How that happens like uh, it's my first day here um <laughs> but he is very gung-ho about having a g league team which is a reassurance to me because if you're not willing to invest those that type of money or resources into developing talent like what are we doing here but he was very much on the page of i believe in investing in that sort of thing so the suns will have a g league team again and he was talking about it being somewhere near phoenix so that they can send players up and down he was talking about looking at other organizations and seeing how they do it and trying to emulate that and then build on that and make it even better so did, did you that's tell great 
You're telling me we can visit the old one in Detroit? It's, it's there. Does this mean that we can start valuing the draft more because we can actually offer developmental um, stability for these guys? We've still got James Jones and the F them kids mentality, so we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's you, what you could name the G League. Team. But if you don't have the assets to value it, then I understand why James Jones wouldn't want to go that route, Fair. right? Like right. if you, if you're not able to help develop these young players into what their potential could be. What's the point of putting value in it? I right? think that's I think that's fair. I mean, if it's not an organization an organizational priority, why would you prioritize it in the way you're going about building your roster yeah. as well? But uh, I'm telling you, the Northern Arizona F them kids sounds like a, a, a great <laughs> franchise for James. Jones, I would rock so. that merch. That would, be, that would be an time. awesome shirt. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as looking ahead to the draft and things of that nature, obviously his big thing was I'm here. To listen and learn i'm going to evaluate um you know he's he's coming in he's going to do his due diligence he said he wasn't going to make any major changes before the end of the season mm -hmm. um so i think this this is a big trade deadline for james jones it may also be a big draft for him depending on what they do with their picks and if james jones is still um in his current position by then we'll see like there's still a lot up in the air but he is kind of coming at it like i believe in development I believe in figuring out who does what here and going from there because he is kind of the new guy. And, um, you know, we've brought this up before as far as there are still probably some people within this organization that were under the Sarver regime that might need to go still. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope that that is also a part of it, not just things like the scouting department and the drafting and all that kind of stuff. I think, uh, you know, Ishbia brings an interesting perspective to being a guy that was a walk-on at MSU. He understands the value of cultivating talent because, uh, you know, Tom Izzo could have easily just said, yeah, we don't care about this kid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that could have changed the trajectory of everything he did. But Tom Izzo was like, nope, we want you in this program. We want you to work with these guys. I want you to sit next to me and uh, and help me see things from the player's perspective. So. I, I think he will have a great value in trying to build people both on the business and on the basketball operation side. So hopefully that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. um, so we got a comment from Amelia in the chat during the interview, and they said he really seems like a cool guy as a person. Obviously, he had his ex-wife at the conference, his kids, his family. Like when he spoke about family, he seemingly truly embodied that mm -hmm. in the terms of, we may not be in this type of a relationship or this business relationship anymore, but that doesn't mean that we have to be spiteful or hateful mm -hmm. towards one another. Mm -hmm. um, but she said, why am I still so skeptical about him? Is he too good to be true? We'll see. Uh, Amelia, I, I think there's a big reason for that. We've all been hurt for 18 years. <laughs> Trauma. Yeah. You, if you have a bad relationship, it doesn't just go away the second that relationship ends. And uh, and I feel like it, it's okay to have a little bit of hesitation, mm -hmm. right? It's okay to want to see the words come to fruition. That's There's nothing wrong with that. Like mm -hmm. you're allowed to be a little bit reserved and to wait for some time to pass before deciding one way or the other how you feel about where the suns currently are at. I feel like I got overall good vibes from Matt Ishbia and his brother Justin and just as a whole I feel like things are pretty solid, but I do think that time will give us more answers into what the future for the Suns and the Mercury actually does look like. Because mm -hmm. we also need to know what the pocketbooks look like, right? Sure. 
obviously money can't be all of it. But when it comes to the winning side of things, you do kind of have to be willing to spend some money and go over the cap quite a few times. Yeah, but they've got some very deep pockets. Yes. Matt Ishbia, Justin Ishbia is a billionaire. John Najafi, who stayed as a billionaire. Like, I don't, this is no longer the, uh, the cheap regi- regime. This isn't the dollars and cents regime. This is, as Ishpia said in the press conference, success will bring the money. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you go, okay, maybe it's platitudes. That felt like a core value and his business strategy. Yeah. Is if you go out there and you succeed, the money will follow. So doing, being your best and doing your best is key to it. So that's the mentality you need in sports. You can't, you can't be sitting and going, oh, well, if I spend this, am I really going to get it back? It's what's belief my, in it. What's yeah. my ROI? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the money follows success thing is something he's been consistent on from when the article started leaking yesterday to hearing him speak in the press conference and one-on-one today. He's been very consistent on that, and I think it it fits in line with his identity as a competitor who was a player mm-hmm. who didn't get a ton of minutes and who now kind of embodies a lot of those same qualities with his own business. Um, he's a competitive guy. He wants to win. He wants to find every angle to win. He's a guy that he's said multiple times, I don't get a lot of sleep. I'm trying to maximize every hour of the day. And yes, again, a lot of that sounds like platitudes. But if that's the way that he actually operates, the two things that I care about are him being competitive and trying to make these franchises really good and competitive elite franchises and just treating his employees, human beings with respect. And that's the way it seems over at his business. And as long as he's able to bring those two things that's all that you want in an owner, really. Mm-hmm. Like you want someone who's willing to put their money where their mouth is, be competitive, and just not be a complete asshole to employees. So yeah. far, so good. A <laughs> uh, lot of actions that will need to back up the talk, but I was uh, optimistically encouraged by what I saw and yeah. heard today. You guys want a fun fact? Hmm. Sure. Matt Ishbia is now one of only two owners in the NBA to own a NCAA basketball championship and a basketball franchise, him and Michael Jordan. Yep, there we go. Well, that's <laughs> so pretty we good company, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did get a super chat from HM. HM, thank you for your super chat. Said two things I'm waiting for. One, trades, and two, Espo's Roman ad read. <laughs> uh, HM, unfortunately, we don't have a Roman ad read today. You're going to have to wait a few more days yeah. for that one. I don't know when the next one is, but it'll be, it'll be a surprise. But if you are clamoring for a solid Roman <laughs> ad read, no pun intended, uh, check out The Coyote Show because PD did a phenomenal job with his today. Mm-hmm. I'm coming for you, PD. <laughs> I'm going to get up for that next ad read. You're already, I'm going to crush it. You're already laying the puns on thick. Uh-huh. I'm worried. Um, <laughs> but as far as the, the first thing you're asking for in trades, we will talk about that here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about more money type stuff, right? The DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a fantastic way to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Enhance. (laughs) To enhance your sports viewing um, experience. It's a lot of fun on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Obviously, you've seen us bicker and fight about our competition here on this show when it comes to bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app that I am winning, by the way. Um, (laughs) But also, the Super Bowl is just around the corner, and prop bets are really fun. And for my pick of the week, I'm going to go ahead and take tails for the coin toss okay heads and tails on the DraftKings sportsbook app right now are both at a plus 100 Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna say i'm gonna take tails tails never fails there you go (laughs) 
I'm going to take orange Gatorade as the orange. Oh, orange. Okay. I feel like it's Feeling blue or red 100% of the time. Go orange. Yellow is the best, though, just so we're it is all the best in agreement. Ooh, it's the best flavor that. for sure. Uh, but if you have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, make sure you download it right now and sign up with the code PHNX because when you use that code, new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, with that code, PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Am I the only one that, Espo, you you and I are pretty much the only ones that have done DraftKings reads here. Do you always struggle with eligibility? Oh, oh yes. It just feels like <laughs> it just fumbles <laughs> out of your mouth. The whole Ohio <laughs> thing's throwing me off, too. Yeah. Like, sorry, Ohio, you can't have sorry, fun. Y'all. And I can't say eligibility. Like, uh, hey, I did it. Hey, look Come at that. hang out with us Please in do. Arizona. Have some fun over here. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. It is. The weather is nice, sir. Much nicer. Especially right now. In my opinion. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, also, our friends over at More Furniture, they have... The best furniture offerings in the Valley. If you guys are looking to spruce up your home, spring is just around the corner. It's a great time to reorganize the spring cleaning, throw out the old, in with the new. Make sure you check out our friends over at More Furniture to save big on the best furniture in the Valley. Um, You can also find them at morefurniture.com. And make sure you opt in for that white glove delivery service that they offer because... Chef's kiss on top of an already phenomenal experience. And last thing, uh, we're having a meetup tonight at Illegal Pete's. So if you guys want to come hang out with us, our entire PHNX crew and members from our all city sister cities. So DNVR and CHGO will also be out there. It's Illegal Pete's on Mill in Tempe. And it's going to be a lot of fun this Wednesday, today, February 8th at 7 p.m. is when we'll all be arriving, grab some food, have some great drinks and hang out with all of us. It's free to come hang out. You don't have to register. Just quite literally roll up with your friends and let's enjoy a good beverage and some food together. And guess what? We no longer have a a certain person around the suns anymore. It's time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So if you come out and you walk up to me and say the word Saskatoon, I'll buy you whatever drink you want. Saskatoon. Saskatoon. So you come (laughs) say that you're getting a free drink on me. Come celebrate tonight. Saskatoon will get you a free drink. (laughs) Okay. What a fancy word. Saskatoon. I love that. <laughs> I wanted to make it fun. Uh, <laughs> That's a good you got to work a little bit to get your free booze. All yeah. right. Let's talk about the trade situation. I'd love um, to, sure. but Twitter's down, so I so don't know. So Twitter's down, so we don't really have the latest on what's happening. But the whole league could have been traded. <laughs> what we had long. heard, at least, prior to Twitter going down um, comes from Shams, and it, he said... The Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are in discussions on a three-team deal that would send D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, and draft compensation such as a first-round pick to Utah, and Mike Connolly Jr. to Minnesota, sources say. Does this mean we're not getting D'Lo? I mean, I'm going to be pissed if the Lakers trade Westbrook in a pick and walk away with (laughs) D'Lo, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. That would be highway robbery, and I don't know what Danny Ainge would be doing, especially I know that he may be setting the bar high by saying, oh, I want a first-rounder for Vando and for Malik and for Mike Conley and for whoever else we're going to trade. But, like, if he only gets one out of this and it's the Lakers pick in, like, 2027. He'll be like, that's what I meant, a first-round pick. You guys assumed I meant per person. He said each. Or at least that's what the reporting was. Do you think Minnesota gives one of their picks back? 
Or get, or, no, Minnesota gave them all the picks. Never mind. Yeah, so Minnesota like, has nothing left to give. I don't know what's going on here. I And the Timberwolves, like, okay, you're going from D'Lo to Mike Conley. That's a little bit of a downgrade this year. He's at least under contract next year, so you're saving yourself having to worry about Russell's free agency. Yeah, but but he's like 45. Well he's, well, he's not 45, but okay. yes, he's, <laughs> he's old. I, I just, I don't get how things just keep falling into the Lakers' laps. Like, it, this package makes sense if they're giving up both of the remaining picks that they have to trade. If they're only giving up one, that is complete and utter, utter horseshit, and I don't know what the Jazz or the Timberwolves are doing making them better. Like, you're banishing Westbrook to Utah, you're trading D'Lo for Mike Conley, and then the Lakers are just getting all the good stuff? Like, what what is going on here? Well, yeah, I Minnesota, it, it's a total head-scratcher. Mike Conley Jr., doesn't make you better at having to be your starting point guard. Mm-hmm. And it and it really, your future isn't any brighter because of it. Yeah, he's under contract next year. Great. You've got a, a, a guy who, you know, would be great on a team that has a point guard and he's the backup that's trying to help you win something. But this is, you know, I, I get it. Utah gets an asset and they could buy out Westbrook fine. Mm-hmm. But Minnesota, that part makes no sense to me whatsoever. Okay, well, 10 minutes ago, we got a Woj tweet that said, uh, per sources, the three-team trade is largely hinging on how Minnesota values D'Angelo Russell in potential deal and their return of draft assets. Lakers and Jazz have significant deal structure in place, but Minnesota has been engaged elsewhere on Russell too. So it seems like Minnesota is the one piece of the puzzle in this three-team deal that is like, mm, I'm not quite ready to commit fully and to le- this yet. Unless Minnesota leaked this to try to drum up better More interest in interest. D-Lo. Could be. That's the thing. We're in we're in subterfuge. We're in smokescreen time right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to – every report you see, there is a reason it's being leaked. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, a poker move that's going on, a chess move that's going on uh, behind the scenes with it. So – who knows right now? I maybe maybe they want more involved in, in the D Lo thing. Maybe a team like the Suns made a really lame offer and they're trying to get something else out of it. Minnesota needs a lot because they've mortgaged their future to get Gobert. Their present is pretty dark right now too, so they need to figure out something. Minnesota's like, can can we get back some of those assets that we accidentally gave away? <laughs> Sorry. We have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I I feel bad for Mike Conley, man. He just got away from Rudy Gobert and now they're trying to ship him back to him. That no. sucks, man. That's tough. Okay, so if something, obviously the speculation, well, it's not even speculation. I think it was reported that if this were to uh, materialize this trade, that Utah would likely buy out Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. If Westbrook becomes available on the buyout market, are you a yay or a nay for the Suns to go after him? If Um, they've done nothing else, I'm a yay, just because you need to... Look, I'd rather have him than campaign. I'm just saying. We don't even know. We don't even know what what's I'm going just on with this campaign. Is the darkest to be honest. timeline. This is the okay. darkest timeline. Look, <laughs> we are. What are we? We're sitting eighteen, uh, nineteen hours away. Yeah, uh, roughly. Mm. Uh, my math sucks. It's probably not. It's probably more than that. But anyways, we're we're sitting less than twenty four hours away from the deadline. Mm. We may be inching towards the darkest timeline. They, there may not be anything that happens. I mean, we yeah. haven't heard a, a, a Jay Crowder rumbling in a week. No, yeah, we haven't. Like, what's going on on that? For, if you wind up not even trading Jay Crowder, 
my head may explode tomorrow on our trade deadline. That's show. malpractice if you don't trade D Jay Crowder because what the fuck are you going to do with him? Okay. Let's just play uh, a little game here. Okay? okay. We move Jay Crowder and all we get back are picks. Let's say two second round picks. Oh, my God. And that's all we've done. Well, and Westbrook becomes available on the buyout market. You're still going to tell me you're a, a nay? Yeah. I'm going to tell you I'm a nay. I'm Why? sorry. He's not good anymore. But like, even he's coming not a off your player. bench, he, he can put his head down and get to the rim, though. He can get to the free throw, throw line. To the free throw line. But he's a guy who expects to be on the floor. Do you late really in games? think that at this point, I feel like Westbrook has shown us, especially in this season, with the Lakers that he is willing to take a back seat. Didn't he did wasn't it just reported today that he and Darvin Ham got into a shouting match? You don't know about what, what though. He could have said, Hey, your mother's it ugly. Didn't I feel like have we're, to be about what was going on. I feel on like we're like trying to like keep it on the rails as far as why Westbrook would make sense. And the truth is he can't shoot. He's a guy that he's good in a bench role on a losing team. Like that is his optimal okay, role at this point. You don't think he can be an okay? No. Roll off the bench on a good team? I would rather have campaign than Russell Westbrook because at least campaign knows his role and isn't trying to interject himself into a late game lineup with the Suns team. Like, I don't, the I don't want is We may not even have with. campaign, though. He had a cryptic tweet yesterday that sounded like it may be an injury setback. <laughs> like, there's all sorts. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't look. I, I think Russ has been unfairly miscast as like the scapegoat for all of his last couple teams' problems. I think people exaggerate that he's like some sort of locker room cancer or whatever. And I don't think he is. I think he's been a good teammate and a guy's a guy that players are okay with having around, but his skill level has fallen off and his mindset is still the same as it's ever been. And that's a problem when you have a player that is unable to reconcile the two things I, I wouldn't want any part of him, even on a buyout. So you'd rather have Saban Lee yes. as your backup point guard the rest of the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would. <laughs> well, listen, most of the people in the chat agree with you as well um, and clearly think that Esau and I are incorrect in our thoughts on this one. But Look, I'm desperate. It's okay. All right? <laughs> I'm desperate. If they do nothing and I'm left here going, I got to try to figure out how this team's going to win a, win a title without uh, upping that bench. Mm. Uh, I, I don't general, I don't want to be hurt. I want, it's fair. I want a shot here. All right. It's fair. But between the turnovers, the defense, the mindset thing I was talking about, I just, I, I don't see him being a good fit on this team. I feel like Westbrook is a good person who has been, um, I think the rumors have, been vast and wide mm -hmm. and a lot of them have been incorrect mm -hmm. that's just my that's my opinion that's my two cents on it and i think that happens with a lot of players mm -hmm. actually i think a lot of people in the media and on social media we all get this like thought or something happens and then we create a narrative out of it and then all of a sudden that narrative sticks when, when in actuality it's probably further from the truth than you can even imagine as far as what really happened in that situation. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. I, Sometimes I, I feel like players get miscast um, unfairly, and I don't think it's fair. Hold on. Dagoon in the, in the chat says, if they don't do anything, I'm holding Espo responsible. <laughs> How is it 
my fault. <laughs> I'm screaming they need to do something. I'm glad we're getting to the root of the issue here. Thank maybe, you, Dagoon. Maybe that is why. Maybe they're like, that Espo guy is never right. Maybe we should stand pat. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. That one was more spicy, I think. That was one of the spicier names that we've thrown out as far as the chat's reaction. Yeah. Um, Pretty much since we started talking about the trade deadline, what? Two months ago almost now, it feels mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're really on a collision course for Jay Crowder and Dario Saric for Eric Gordon. This, this is how we know we're down bad when we're talking about second rounders for Jay and Russell Westbrook on the buyout market. We are down bad. Okay, we need a to trade. be fair. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> Matt Ishbia did say multiple times mm -hmm. yesterday and today mm -hmm. that he believes that this team, when healthy as is, mm -hmm. is a championship contending team. Right. I, so I think if we're reading the tea leaves here, there is a path to where maybe a move is made. And they are also setting us up to not get our feelings hurt if a major move is not made. Then why did they rush? Why did they why did they do all this to to get Matt Ishpia in the position to own the team the day before the trade deadline if they're going to do nothing? That seems like a catastrophic waste of the league's time, of our time, of Matthew's time. Because there's always the potential of a what if, oh. right? Like, did anybody see? Did anybody see Kyrie all of a sudden forcing his way out of Brooklyn? No. So what happens again if it was a Kevin Durant? who did that instead of Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And Matt Ishbia is not in place and is not able to make the decision to go after him. That's why they rushed it. Not because there was this big move that was already almost on the dotted line behind the scenes we didn't all know about, but just in case there was something like that that could have materialized, he needed to be in place to be able to say yes or no. This has James Jones written all over. I mean, I feel like he could be laying the groundwork to say like, okay, we're good enough as is. Like if we don't make any moves, we're still good once we get healthy. But I do think there was something to the fact that he addressed, we have a player that we need to trade, Jay Crowder, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and if we have avenues to get better, we're going to pursue those because it's all about increasing your probability of winning a title. There's, It's never going to be 100% because no. one ankle turn, one trade could change everything. Um, but I do think that's, that could be new owner speak coming in. Like, yeah, we love what we have, but we can make it even better. That type of thing. I, I don't want to read too much into it because he has acknowledged like, yeah, we, we need to trade Jay Crowder because we have a player that's not playing for us right yeah. now. We can get better through that Avenue. Yeah, but that's, um, a, that's low hanging fruit to be able to be like, yeah, we need to move Jay Crowder. But like, well, of, course. of course it is. But it's also low hanging fruit to say we really like what we have. Like, that's just new owner talk to me. That's yeah. not necessarily we love we're going to keep everybody that we have, including an injured Landry Shamit and an injured campaign. I think he's talking more about the core of the team, the guys that we keep hearing, you know, what if they trade D.A. or like is Cam Johnson available, all this other type of stuff. Um, and I think that's what you're supposed to say as a new owner. You don't come in saying like, oh, yeah, Cam, we like him, but man, he can't stay on the court. Like, <laughs> it's time to burn well, like a ship down. Like, if, some, if somebody came in as the new owner of a team and said anything remotely close to that, right. <laughs> issues would, would arise very quickly. That phrase he used, though, very much felt like James Jones. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Getting all, I'm getting so choked up about I need them to make a move, Gerald. <laughs> Like I'm baby crying, bear, all right? <laughs> I'm crying. It was like a yawn that got I stuck. yawned, all right? I'm tired. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's 
screw all of you. Oh, Anyways, the 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 we may not make a move because we think we have, uh, you know. He never you know, said we may not make a move. Okay, he, he just said we like we think we like, already have a team that can compete, which is what we have all said on this show. But they need to get better. He's saying we think we can and we'll try. We'll be aggressive. Like I, I just feel like tomorrow we're gonna hear James Jones echo a similar thing. We we like what we have. We think we can uh, can win with this group, and mm-hmm. we're gonna. We wanted to see what happened. It would be a major short sight, short sighted approach if they took that. Like, just tell us you couldn't get a deal done. We, I'd rather hear that <laughs> than like, oh yeah, we like what we have. All right, I got a couple questions that I want to bring up from the chat. This one's my favorite one. Aaron said, uh, "Just curious, how did we find out about trades before the internet? Radio." But I have for no real clue. though, Television, for real though, did you just have to wait until like the newspaper came out oh, yes. the next day to find out all of this information? Did or, you have to turn on like the 7 p.m. news? Mm-hmm. I think it was probably television was my Damn, most could you common imagine having Twitter? to like and then what happens yeah. if you missed that broadcast? Right. Or if your dog ate that newspaper like you just mm-hmm. didn't know? It was television or radio for me. Gosh. That's That'd wild. Be so brutal. You know what? <laughs> That's how it feels right now with Twitter being. I down. know. I'm like, I'm like with constantly Twitter, refreshing. Twitter, like going down today of all days. Horrible fucking timing. Well, Woj is just running around screaming his updates uh, right now. He, he doesn't know what to do. Oh my goodness gracious! The, and then go ahead. The, how we've become so reliant on Twitter for these kind of things, like. Yeah. It's insane. I hate you, Elon. You and then there was life. another one, and I don't remember who had asked, and I'm really sorry for not being able to find it, but they wanted to know if we would trade Book and DA for Wenbanyama. Book and DA no. for Wenbanyama? Yeah. No. Book and DA for Wenbanyama? Yeah, that's mm. what they asked. No. Not Book and DA. That's a lot. That is a lot. I, I mean, love, Wenbanyama I love is going to be... But Fun. but you're literally tearing down a championship contender to maybe be a championship contender down the line. And I think Wembanyama is the most heralded and rightfully so prospect since LeBron and Zion. Those are the only two that I think even come close. And I still wouldn't. You don't tear down a winning organization to maybe be a winning organization later. And you say LeBron and Zion, and that's 50% hit right now. Because Zion oh. continues to be injured. When he's playing, he's great. Right. But the injury thing, which tells you there's no sure thing, right? Yeah. Because anything can happen with these guys. So I'd much rather stick with the known quantity. But but this is this depends on what kind of person you are. Are you risk adverse? Are you a risk taker? Like that that's it plays a lot in this. And to me, I'm I'm somewhat risk risk adverse. So I'm like I'd rather stick with DA and book and try to build the group around them, then take the flyer and win Yeah. All right. Um, next question is from Ryan. They said, hypothetically speaking, if Jay Crowder does not get traded before the deadline, does he come back and join the team? No. Nope. Which is why it would be an absolute travesty if they don't trade him, because now you not only have your 15th roster spot open, but you have your 14th roster spot dedicated to a guy who is going to play zero games for you. And you, and, and then you, at that point, I don't think you can justify buying him out. No, because then, then he gets to go somewhere else yeah. and help another team for free. Yeah, you re- get nothing in return. You've rewarded him by paying him, you know, upwards of the full 10 million you owe him, and he gets to choose where he goes. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm petty and I don't mind saying that. So Yeah. No, I I 
as petty as it sounds, it's also kind of principle, though, too, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, this is such a I hate that we're even put in this position because 99.9% of the time, I will always side with the player and the athletes. Mm-hmm. But this situation without context of any information of what happened behind the scenes, it just feels different, feels feels scummy and lame for whatever reason. And I hate it. Um, I don't know. If I had more context and it was something that was the team's fault, then I 100% would be on Jay's side of the situation. But this feels weird. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Caesar Woj just announced on on LinkedIn <laughs> that Kevin Durant's been traded to the Suns. Oh no, how Wait, exciting! <laughs> look out the window, guys. Uh, we have a giant window off to the left of us. Uh, Roman is actually taunting us. There's oh, a plane no. flying. Is that that? I, that is or that my, them? That or my daughter has rented a plane <laughs> oh to try to uh, flag me down. So, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Fantastic. Uh, well, we are not here to tell you about Roman today. Maybe later on in this week, but we are here to tell you about the Underdog Fantasy app and how much fun it is to play fantasy sports on the Underdog Fantasy app. They do daily fantasy sports differently. Uh, Espo will tell you all the time that when it comes to baseball and basketball, and Espo, I'm the same way, it is very hard to commit to a season-long fantasy league because there are games every other night, every single night, it feels like, and sometimes just getting on and even setting your lineup becomes difficult when you're going through the day-to-day things that you have to do with life. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. We're not kids anymore. We're not, you know, we have things to do. Yeah. It's easy to forget about. Yeah. 162 game baseball season is next to impossible to do. But on the underdog fantasy app, you can play daily fantasy sports and you can get five of your friends together. You guys can uh, do the pickums game and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. And pickums is super easy. You just pick higher or lower and whoever has the best night, on their picks, wins a bunch of cash. Like, you can't be mad at that. And the Underdog Fantasy app is also really easy to navigate. It's very easy to get started. Either download the app on your phone or go to underdogfantasy.com. But when you sign up, make sure you sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Take advantage of that offer that our friends over Underdog want to give to you. And then last but not least... The Spaghetti Shack, a new member of the PHNX family. We are happy to have them. They um, are owned and operated by ASU alums. So forks up, everybody. Go ASU. Lee is producing our show, so she's very upset about that right now. Bear down. They also... um, (laughs) (laughs) Their their mission is pretty cool. I like this, right? Because I can get on board with this. They want to provide quality food that is also affordable and they want to get it to you as quickly as possible that, so that you can spend less time cooking and spend more time with your loved ones. I don't know about you guys, but that is one of my biggest beefs with cooking is that it takes so long. And then the cleanup also takes so long. And I'm just like, really? For what? Like, I would rather just head on down to the Spaghetti Shack, pick up a really great meal that can be catered to whatever size family you have and be able to take the guesswork and the legwork all out of it. The toughest part for me is we had it here. So since I didn't have to cook, I had to spend more time with the staff. Gerald, <laughs> <laughs> you had it. How was it? Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, it was solid. I heard the garlic bread, bread is fire. It, it is. Slaps. So, it's good. I mean, it, the, the Spaghetti Shack is a community-focused 
to-go pasta concepts that started right here in Tempe, Arizona by five lifelong friends. Oh, I love that. And they are currently (laughs) serving Tempe and Queen Creek, and they hope to come to your neighborhood soon. If you have not checked them out and given them a shot, make sure you do. That's uh, the Spaghetti Shack once again. All right. What else, you guys? Uh, what's else, What else is on your I mind, just, trade wise? I just want to know how they got five lifelong friends. I mean, that's a great. I'm question. interested in that. Can I acquire that at the trade deadline? Can I join your <laughs> friends group, please? And can, I get, can I acquire one at the deadline? Any? <laughs> no. Uh, look, something's got to happen in the next handful of hours, like before one o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Preferably in the hours that we're awake and near the studio, but I'll take it any time between now and and then. This team has too many expiring salaries. Uh, they've they've got too much on the line right now not to to leverage this. James Jones uh, has had a propensity for not making the move. We need to see him make the right moves here to put this team in a position to succeed. Waiting any longer on Kevin Durant than right now seems uh, borderline basketball criminal, right? You've got assets available to try to make your team better, uh, and you have to do that right now. There is a chance, like I said yesterday, to win a title. The I don't think you're going to see the league more wide open than it is right now uh, in the near future. Teams will get better, and you have a chance to take advantage of it. And they failed to do it last year by solidifying spots of weakness. They can't fall to the same uh, issue again this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. You can't get caught with your hand in the Kevin Durant cookie jar again Mm. before the trade deadline. I understand that he's a great player. I understand that he could be available again in the offseason. All the more reason to make trades that make you better, that bring on contracts that maybe you can move and have more flexibility with a, a Kevin Durant trade, a three-team trade over the summer. Um, obviously, if you give up a first-round pick or two, that's going to hurt your chances, but um, you have to focus on this window now. Obviously, if Kevin Durant decides, like, hey, I'm sitting out, I'm forcing my way out in the next couple of hours, that changes things. But until that happens, there's no reason to think the Nets are going to play fair game with you on that. No. So you need to set your sights elsewhere. You need to focus on this year's team and you can put yourself in a position where you might even be a better Kevin Durant trade partner over the summer, depending on who you get. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind. I'm at the point where go get a Gary Trent Jr., somebody of that ilk that isn't a star, but is a guy that can can help you. And even if it takes a, a first-round pick, go go do it. Take your chance. Roll the dice. Try to win this year, but also potentially – Give yourself a guy that you can re-sign and, and move pieces around in the offseason. Waiting for the offseason isn't an option. Yeah, I don't want to wait for the offseason. No, thank you. <laughs> I would like to get off this ride if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go back to the whole Jay Crowder thing. A couple of people in the chat are saying it's definitely the team's fault. Crowder should have been traded before the season. And honestly, I think y'all probably are right. Like the fact that we have let this be drawn out so for so long is probably really bad and there's a a debate on whether Crowder is overrated or underrated here in Phoenix it seems like it's split pretty 50 50 um both things can be true at the same time (laughs) um but I do think that I understand James Jones perspective of like wanting to utilize him in a trade um for maybe like a bigger package or something but I do think it was a disservice to both team and Jay 
to sit on it for this long. And it sucks that we're in this situation. I just wish Jay was playing. Yeah. Like it, it would be way more enjoyable if Jay was playing with us right now. And this team would have been a lot better during that rough stretch it when Cam have. Johnson was out and they had all these injuries to have a guy like Jay when their defense was struggling. Um, that's been a real obstacle for them to overcome. I, I reserve the right to change my mind about them sitting on it too long, depending on what James Jones does. I mean, because yeah. if he puts mm -hmm. Crowder to good use, that's better than, you know, if he had just made a trade to get rid of him before the season starts. Um, but again, he has to do that. <laughs> like he has to go out and actually make that move. Um, and until he does, we're going to be skeptical about what Crowder's value is and whether they should have waited this long. Um, he still has a chance to prove us wrong on that, though. Well, well we have like what? How many hours would this be? 21 hours? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. 21, 21 hours, hours until the trade deadline. Until officially. the trade deadline. So prediction. Do they do something? Uh, yes. Tomorrow, probably at like nine, and then I'll be really upset. that <laughs> <laughs> It is so early. I think they have to. I, I just can't see them not, even if it's just a Jay Crowder for something. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say yes, and I think it happens right at 7 o'clock while we are at dinner. And <laughs> it is the most Hanging complicated I thought about that earlier. Yes, my that other is. my other theory is tomorrow at 11, right when the Coyote Show is live. Just oh, to well, 11 would be, I, I mean, that would be the, the deadline for, no, 1 no, p.m. our time, 3 p.m. East. I, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 1 p.m. was their time. Look, if something um, happens, we're, we're going to be live with in a quick manner around it and we yeah. will talk to you about it good bad or ugly we mm -hmm. will be here to discuss it to commiserate to celebrate or just to be confused we'll be yeah. here with you we'll likely be live within 30 minutes to an hour give or take depending on what time ten and where minutes. we are i'm Probably. gonna say 10 minutes no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, the producers <laughs> say no yeah <laughs> I'm just so going to have you create aggressive. graphics for every potential guy they could acquire between now and then. But hopefully it'll be good news and hopefully we will all be excited and in a great mood and celebrating together and maybe crying tears of joy. Who knows? One can dream, right? Yeah. But keep on, uh, keep an eye out. If Twitter is down, we'll obviously put the link in the Discord. But just know if you see or hear a trade actually happen, just come over to YouTube and we'll be live sooner rather than later. Yes. And until then, you can follow I, me. I, I, sorry, I do have two tidbits because oh. we didn't oh get to touch on oh, these okay. before. Um, no, sorry. No, sorry. I should, a disclaimer. I did not see a trade break or anything like that. I should just came I apologize. Back up. I, didn't I apologize. Um, but for tomorrow's game, Devin Booker is out with uh, left groin injury management. I want to say it's unfortunate but it probably was should have been expected with the way that they've been doing with cam johnson yeah. and the back-to-back -back, so they're giving him an extra day to rest he'll most likely play on friday i'm assuming um and the other thing we didn't really touch on with the ishbia stuff is that we did ask about isaiah thomas um and he shot that down saying that for now uh there's no role for him so he didn't entirely shut the door like i think a lot of people would have liked him to do but it doesn't sound like he's going to be joining the organization um, and, and we got that from his spokesperson as well. Seems to me like as far as the Isaiah Thomas stuff goes, it seems like he would be sort of a sounding board. Maybe mm. what's the word? Um, what's a confidant? The, no. Consultant. It's consultant. Thank mm. you. Like a consultant for Matt Ishbia, but not have a quote unquote titled role within the right. organization. Right. Like if I had to guess, that's how I would interpret the... Mm -hmm. 
what hit, what Isaiah Thomas might be in the future. Huh. That's just my guess. I could be way wrong, but that's my guess. And I imagine that might also be why he was talking with Steve Nash, because yeah. he wants a, a group of people that he can bounce ideas off of that would give him perspective. Which honestly, somebody, I think it was actually Baxter Holmes who tried to follow up about the whole Isaiah Thomas stuff with a question like, who who is oh, the person was, uh, you can lean on? Who was that? Right. No, so I think, yeah, Baxter did ask about who he can lean on and then Kent Summers followed up about uh, Isaiah specifically. But yeah. yeah, but basically like, okay, maybe not in a, in a legitimate, like quote unquote titled role, but is this somebody that you can just have to confide in to bounce ideas off of and right. he he gave us a a nice answer that he has a lot of people that in his corner that he can do that with but nothing specific let me uh, can i say one last thing before we go mm. yeah baxter holmes is a baller to show up at the building that he basically yeah. burned to the ground yeah and say oh the new guy's here yeah. uh, applaud I, I was impressed with baxter <laughs> showing up there today yeah, and he's he's also very kind. Um, no, we very we got to talk so. to him today too, and uh, just you know said thanks. Yeah, <laughs> nice and <laughs> quiet guy. I'm like, thanks. All right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Baxter Holmes. Uh, it's a good way to put a bow on this show. Yeah. All right. Until next time, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith Az. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay, and of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. We're like Batman. When Woj puts up that tweet, we'll be here for you. Ahoy, hoy.